0: Beginning podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Data podcast where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, the never imitated, never duplicated, Nobody gives a shit to copy me out of agency Odd Dead Out. You can find me at OddDeadOutPodcast.com and at Odd Out and all the social media places. And this is a show where I ramble and rant and empty my brain for your listening pleasure or entertainment. Or maybe I'll teach you something. Who knows? I do a lot of shit around here. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a, a jackass of all trades. And you never know. You might learn something. You might not. What the fuck? Oh. I feel like I'm being yeah, Billy? Really? I feel like I'm being really quiet today. Maybe because it's late, maybe because I don't want to get too excitable and wake somebody up. I don't know. It's part of the you know, the curse of recording in the middle of the of the night and all of those sort of things. So I did have just pull back the curtain. Pay no attention to the caffeinated bloke over there. Um, I, I planned a lot more for the show for this week. I had news pulled up. I had some bullshit to talk about. Um, I had some new video games we've been playing that we got for the boys. I've been watching some, uh, different shows and different stuff and stuff. But honestly, I, I'm, I'm feeling more chill, just storytelling type because I've just been up to a bunch. We did a bunch of stuff this week and I've, I've been busy and it's just been like, I've I've been saying for a while, kind of since Thanksgiving, really, and it's just been really productive, and it kind of sucks because I like my rest, and you know I know I gotta do stuff, but sometimes there's a lot to do, and sometimes you're just like fuck, I've just been doing. I just want to sit down and play video games, or just want to sit down and watch Netflix, or take a nap or something, but it's a lot harder to do that when I've got the boys home, and my boys are old enough to be a complete and total menace when left to their own devices and with again my wife working from home during the day someone's got to keep the boys quiet in case you know they, they can't be noisy it's just, just it and i realize yes i have four boys they're gonna kind of be noisy but somebody's gotta kind of keep them managed so they don't cause trouble if like say my wife is on a a conference call or something. And you know, the last thing you want during those is a bunch of screaming boys. So when the boys are off school, I've got to manage that. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's just kind of led to, okay, what am I going to do with the time? We're going to do stuff. We're going to be getting stuff done around the house that needs to be done. Uh, For instance, the other day, we just, it was just a all around productive day. And we, we got a lot of shit done early, like way more done early than I thought it was going to be because we had the post new year's trash pickup and all of that. And we still had boxes and things coming from Christmas that we still hadn't managed to get in there because the dumpsters were already full. And so we had one morning where we just got up and I was like, okay, here's what we got to do today. Like we've got to get all these boxes broken down and trash taken out. We've got to round up all the trash cans from the bathrooms and the office and all that stuff. Get all this look packed up and out to the dumpsters for trash day. like so I can realize trash day is tomorrow, but we want to make sure everything gets in there because we've got, you know, back trash like boxes and stuff. We got to get it broken down and all that stuff. So, okay, we're going to do all that. We got to take the Christmas tree down, get all the decorations put away, get everything put up on the new shelf that we built a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, dishes need to get done. Um, we did a bunch more stuff, but uh, i and I'm blanking. I think we'd cleaned the kitchen, you know, getting, you know, dishes done, counters cleaned. Um, they just did some laundry, you know, stuff like that. Um, just getting all just general house cleaning. And we had all this done by like one o'clock in the afternoon. And the boys were able to go play and ride their bikes and skateboards and scooters and all that stuff and have. A grand old time outside. And excuse me if it sounds a bit choppy today. I'm just yawning my face off. Holy crap. And I don't want you to have to listen to all that. So if everything, if it sounds a bit choppy today, that's why. Um, <laughs> but maybe if I were being more excitable, then I wouldn't put myself to sleep. But yeah, we've, we've just been really busy in a just doing shit around the house sort of way. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been fucking annoying because I'd much rather just sleep in and, you know, which is unfair to my wife. Granted, she got to sleep in all last week when she was off work, but you know, it'd be nice if I could just sleep in and and enjoy my morning since I don't have to take the boys to school. But if I don't get up in the morning at a pretty early time. The boys may or may not get up, and but even if they do, like the younger boys especially, they'll get up early and sit there watching YouTube in the morning. But they'll sit, they'll sit there on the couch watching whatever the shit on YouTube until I get up. They won't make breakfast. They won't do. You know, they know they can make their own breakfast. They can do all that stuff. They they're all old enough. They're all big enough. They can all do all that stuff on their own. But they won't unless I get up and say, hey go eat breakfast it's like hey it's nine thirty. you still haven't had breakfast especially for our oldest who has his medication he's got to take every day and needs to you know he's got to eat take that with food it's like hey you need to eat breakfast and take your meds in the morning and you know i've got to get up and take my allergy pills and uh you know everyone's kind of got their own like right now especially just the weather, it's been like everyone's on allergy meds or cough medicine or something right now because of all the crap and the cold and the rain. And so, yeah, it was like know. but if I don't get up to say, like, hey, you need to get up, you need to get breakfast. It'll be 10 o'clock and nobody will have eaten breakfast. And we're like, oh, I'm so hungry. Then why the fuck didn't you eat breakfast? You've been up for two hours. You could have made your breakfast and half digested it by now. But no, you were sitting there watching bullshit on YouTube. So then I get up and make coffee and sit there with my coffee watching bullshit on YouTube. <laughs> Although I do have like, it's just a handful of things. I tend to watch a lot of stuff where it's like a daily uh, thing that somebody does. And I'll usually sit there with my coffee and watch like what culture wrestling or whatever. Catch up on some, you know, pop culture news and stuff and bullshit. And do that while I'm drinking my first cup of coffee and then get to the last drink of coffee in my cup before I remember, oh, shit, I was supposed to take my allergy pill with this and (laughs) make another cup of coffee. (laughs) But if I don't tell them to get up and make breakfast, they won't get up and make breakfast until it's almost lunchtime. And I'm like, oh, I didn't eat breakfast. I'm like, tough shit. It's noon. It's lunchtime, dude. (laughs) I'm not making you an omelet because you'd skipped breakfast of your own accord. So, yeah. But all of that aside, we have otherwise been very productive because I've had to get up and shit. And, you know, every day it's a, hey, here's what we got to do today. We got to get this accomplished. And fucking annoying. Again, just like to sleep in, damn it. But there's always things to do. And among those things I've had to do is, you know, garden work. I have a garden to deal with, and unfortunately, the weather has not been my friend this year. Uh, I've, I've In past, I've had some pretty decent winter gardens. I've grown popcorn for the last two winters. I've had—experimented um, with potatoes. I've, I typically grow my carrots and celery through the winter because the colder weather is better for the sugars, especially for carrots. And I think I've talked about this before. But in the winter, the carrots store all of their sugars in the carrots as like just self-preservation of energy, kind of in the same way that humans store body fat. Like your body runs on sugar, quick and add quick. You know, biology lesson: human bodies run on sugar. When you have an excess of sugar, or your body is in a a starvation state, and it's like, hey, either I have too much sugar, too much energy that to use. Or, oh shit, um, we might not have enough energy for later, it stores it as fat. Well, carrots basically do the same thing, and a lot of root vegetables do the same thing, where they normally produce their sugars and everything, and that's what feeds the the plant on top and the greens and the flowers and all the things. And in the case of root vegetables like carrots, their way of storing what to humans would be fat is they take all those sugars that normally would be, uh, you know, you produce a ton of it every day over warm months, like, you know, summer garden. It just, you know, produces the sugars and photosynthesizes and all the stuff, and it goes into the greens, and it feeds the plant. Just as it goes, it produces it, and it and it uses it, just how it is. But in the winter months, where sunlight and sometimes water is at a premium, it takes those sugars, and concentrates them in the roots. In this case, the carrot, yak, the physical carrot, and concentrates those sugars for long storage, basically for long-term use. So it'll have those sugars to feed the rest of the plant to make up for the lack of sunlight. So like it doesn't; it's not producing enough to just roll over. It's got to produce the extra and store it, basically. And so you end up in the winter months with very sweet carrots. I realize I've just gone on way too long about carrot and human biology and why it is that in the winter, carrots are sweet. But this is why I grow my carrots in this in the winter, because they're sweeter. And so, and I forget when it was I learned this about carrots, but that's a thing. Anyway, so I've got carrots growing. I've got a ton of celery. My celery is doing great. And I've managed to keep the dogs from Destroying the celery. I told you before, uh, my husky ate. I had probably thirty carrots going, and she ripped up that whole side of the bed. Fortunately, the celery survived, and so I've got like a dozen celeries coming up, and they look really nice. I'm going to have a very nice celery crop coming in soon. I'm going to have to probably start thinning them out and have like these tiny little baby celeries that I'll just start munching on or something. I'm not sure, but I did have a few carrots that. Had't sprouted after she decimated the whole section of the garden, they did sprout. So I've got a handful, probably like five or six, I guess, carrots that have taken root and are growing now, so I'm happy I'll get something. And this year, I also again, I talked about I planted the rainbow sweet corn, and I picked a few. I've had a couple years that were ready, and they came out white and we're a little disappointed because they were supposed to have like a multicolor, but they all came out white and we're like,, mm, lame but apparently it is a thing that the color variation is minimal. So me, I feel like we got a little gypped on the uh, seeds when we were like, hey, you know, I wanted like multicolor sweet corn and we're getting white corn. Mm, lame. Um, don't, I've got green beans coming in. The green beans are finally starting to set. And I go back to again, last last winter where I had a ton. I had so many green beans and I think I, I probably picked three or four pounds of green beans last year and just was, you know, all over the place. I think I was doing fried green beans and green bean casseroles and all the stuffs, just because I had so many green beans coming in because they're one of those plants like cucumbers, which we I had planted where when you plant them and they start fruiting and they start making, you know, you start getting beans and you start getting cucumbers, you have to be picking them so that The plant, this is how they reproduce. And so they make more, you know, more green beans. They make more cucumbers. Like, hey, I'm trying to reproduce here. Stop taking away my seed box. And so you keep taking little seed pods, you know, take the beans off, take cucumbers off. These things are how they make, how they spread their seeds. And your plants like, motherfucker, stop taking my seeds away. I have to keep making more seeds and more beans and more cucumber fruits and all this stuff. So the more you pick them, the more they produce. And you keep picking cucumbers and you keep picking green beans and it'll just keep producing more and more and more as a direct response to you picking them. Because if you let them stay there and fruit and and mature all the way, let your cucumbers go all the way ripe on the vine, get full size all the way ripe, your plant's going to die because it has done its job. The point of the fruit, the point of the, of the cucumber is to get full sized and die and spread the seeds. Once it gets full sized and fully ripe on the vine, the plant dies. This happened to me last year. I had a bunch of cucumbers. I missed one. I literally missed one. And I was pruning one day and like my cucumber plant had died. I was like, okay, let's go through and, and pull everything out. I didn't know why it was dying off. It had been producing really well. And as I'm pruning back everything and and getting ready to prep the beds, and and I've told the story before, I get down to the bottom and on the ground in the bed was one huge, massive cucumber that had fully ripened. And so the plant was done. It did its job. It made a full cucumber that had reached full maturity and... So the plant didn't need to make any more and it stopped producing and it died back. And I had, I found that one sitting where it was and cut it out of there before it would have kept producing for probably another month, but you know, it happens and I'd gotten a ton out of them anyway. I'm fine. You deal with it enough cucumbers for salads and pickles. But of course it was right when I was trying to really get a bunch of cucumbers ready to make pickles. <sighs> I haven't been able to make pickles for a couple of seasons, just between, you know, that happening and my dog eating all my cucumbers because she likes crunchy vegetables. Pain in the ass. But uh, trying to grow corn. And so, I, again, we had cucumbers, we had corn, I had green beans. I've got green, like some actual green beans coming in right now just because I planted late. So I've got a handful of green beans, like itty bitty, tiny little green bean nothings right now give them a few weeks and they'll you know be picking them and all that um ton of potato plants i think i still got seven potato plants and i say still because i had one or two over by the cucumbers and then there was the disaster of my dog who likes cucumbers and i had like four cucumbers really nice ones coming in on one of the plants it was like the only one that was producing at that point the rest of them looked like they were half dead And at one that was producing, I had four really good cucumbers coming in and I go out one day and the whole thing is ripped down and she has eaten all the little cucumbers. They were like maybe finger long at best, but she ripped the vines down and ate all the little cucumbers. And in the process of ripping that down, she also ripped up the potato plant that was right there, which when I looked at it, actually had a bunch of, probably had four or five little potato nuggets that are like, you know, not even a fingernail size, you know, not nothing I could even say like, oh, I'll try and fry these up or something. Like, no. There's like proto-potato nugget things. Right. So, like, the tip of a french fry size, like, nothing worth being able to do anything with. But I still got like seven other potato plants in the other bed next to the corn, so I'm not too worried about it. But we've been basically for the last probably three weeks, two, three weeks at least, been while, well, you know, the rest of the country was getting blizzards and half frozen and everything. We were we're getting hounded with rain. And it has been cold, like not blisteringly cold, but it has been gloomy and rainy for the last two, three weeks. And the the cucumbers don't like that. They need the sun. I mean, all of my stuff needs the sun. But normally, Phoenix winters are bright enough that my gardens been able to survive and thrive. I've done very well in my winter gardens the last few years. But this year, my cucumbers, basically with all of this rain, they don't like too much rain. And the too much rain has basically, it, it drowned out and flooded my cucumbers and the cold. And it I, I got, I've gone out there and I thought they were going to make it. And just every day they were looking sadder and sadder and sadder. And I remember this happening with watermelons. I remember this happening with pumpkins, too much water and the plants just can't take it and die. They just get overflooded and they die. And so I actually lost all of my cucumber plants in the last week, just too much water. And at the same time, we're getting all this rain while the corn was blooming. So all of the tassels at the top that hold all the pollen that all of the ears of corn and all their silks are supposed to catch so that you can get pollinated properly you know properly pollinated and ripe corn all of that pollen got washed out with the rain so i might have three or four ears that i'm able to harvest i've got two little ones i might have another maybe two that i think i might get out of this whole harvest dozen stalks of corn i should have had two or three dozen ears And I'm probably going to end up with like four if I'm lucky because this weather has just killed my, it's just all that rain right when it happened, destroyed my pollination for my corn sucks. I was going to have a ton of corn and I know statistically the color variations that we were looking for would have shown up. I can look at some of these ears and I can see, yeah, this one, I can look at the tassels and the, and the, the, some of the leaves on it. And like, this was going to have a lot of red and this was going to have, like, I can see the color variation in the ears, but without getting pollinated, they were never going to develop. And so I just got a bunch of blank corn and it's really disappointing, but you know, I mean, it's, you know, life of the hobby gardener, I guess. And meanwhile, all of this rain and cold and everything. Again, my garden, with exception to really, it seems, the carrots and the celery. The celery's thriving. Celery's doing great. And the green beans seem to be holding on pretty well. But this, uh, the rest of my garden doesn't really like all this extra rain and this extra cold. And it's unfortunately wreaked a, a very dangerous havoc on my potatoes. If you aren't familiar with potato growing and tomatoes to a similar uh, way, there is this very, very terrible fungus that you can get when you're growing uh, nightshades like tomatoes and potatoes and peppers called blight. And this is an ugly ass fungus that can affect your plants and kill everything. And besides, kill everything can contaminate the vegetables, the fruit, the whatever. It can contaminate the edible bits. It can also contaminate the soil. And this stuff blows in, and it like in in the summer here, it normally doesn't get uh, humid enough to uh, for us to get blight. It's just it's really one of those things. Typically, you'll see it in like european gardens or in kind of further north more coastal areas where you've got a lot of humidity here it it's just too dry but it has been so rainy in the last month that i went out to look at the garden one day and like i see all these black spots all over my potato leaves i'm like what the hell don't tell me and it's one of those that i've learned Hey this is when you start growing tomatoes and potatoes and one of the first things you learn about is blight because everybody else has blight. In Phoenix we don't get blight. It's too dry. But this winter has been wet and humid enough. It has been so bleh and muggy and it's gross and wet and like my yard just feels like a swamp when you walk out there. It sucks. Just feel the ground squish under your feet just walking in the grass because it's just the soil is so saturated. But I go out there and I'm like, what the hell is all this? And see all these black spots all over the leaves on my potatoes. And look it up, and sure enough, I've got blight setting in. And the problem with blight, like I said, is it contaminates the whole plant. And in a thing like potatoes, potato blight is especially dangerous. Because not only does it contaminate the plant and can make the potatoes bad, it contaminates the soil. If the blight spreads down through the plant and into the, into the potatoes and into the soil, that soil is now contaminated with the blight fungus. And it is now a dead garden. And you basically have to inoculate and like sterilize all of that soil. It's like a year or two years. I forget what it is. You have to go a considerably long amount of time before you can uh, use that garden again. Or you have to remove all that, in this case, because they're raised gardens, remove all that soil and replace it with clean, uh, non-contaminated soil. I did see a bunch of things that said, hey, at the first signs, and I was literally seeing it, you know, two days since I looked at the. Stuff and I'm seeing all this stuff, so it couldn't have, it wasn't there two days ago. So I see these leaves and the, this blight damage. Is that at the first sign of blight, cut all the foliage off, all exposed foliage. So basically, every single branch of potato leaf and every leaf, anything that's got blight spots, and they start at the tips of the leaves, you have to cut all of that out and dispose of it somewhere else. You cannot put it in your compost because it'll contaminate your compost. So, throw it away. Get rid of it. Apparently, municipal compost things are safe because they heat them to sterilize the soil, but that's a whole other thing. But, get rid of it. Get it away from your garden as far away as you can. And, again, I've had to go out a few times now and go out and cut out because the conditions are still there to promote blight. So I'm still having to go out every couple of days and check and pull leaves and snip and prune. And if I have to prune too much, then there's not going to be enough leaf material on top to collect any sunlight to allow those potatoes to grow and develop under the ground. So I hope I don't lose my potatoes. At the same time, they had a lot of leaf going and they were kind of crowding the green beans. So probably a little helpful to it's it out. But I'm doing everything I can to avoid losing this bed because the last thing I want to do is leave a garden bed completely empty because of blight. That'll just kill every, like why even try? We've got blight, good blight soil now. All right. Enough about the garden. You know, one other thing to talk about because it's, and it's also food related, but I got to talk about it because it's just been fun. You know, Dying vegetables, not fun. Making new food, lots of fun. Um, I, I think I mentioned I got a meat grinder for my KitchenAid from my mother-in-law for Christmas. And, you know, there's there's only so many things you can do with a meat grinder. You know, grind meat. Well, what do you do with grinding meat? You can make your own hamburgers. And I actually ordered myself a set of hamburger presses so I can actually press my own hamburger patties. And I actually got the kind that's got like a two size, so I can make a hamburger size and like a slider size patty. So that'd be fun. Because sometimes when you want to make burgers, it's hand making patties, like just hand pressing them and stuff. Inconsistent as fuck. You make lumpy patties. And yeah, I'd I'd like to make some nice, pretty hamburger patties. And when you buy pre-made hamburger patties, it gets kind of expensive. You end up paying like a buck a patty and... Yeah, spending like four or five dollars a pound for hamburger patties, for frozen hamburger patties, when you could just buy a good chunk of like four or five pounds of hamburger and make your own burgers. And in my case, I can just take the meat grinder out, buy a roast and grind my own hamburger and make my own patties. And it's kind of leaning into what I've been talking about, where we're trying to cut back financially and maybe... Uh, find ways to save some money here and there. And when hamburgers are becoming a regular part of the menu, I think, hey, how can we make burger night better? Grind our own meat, season it how the fuck I want, have fresh ground, you know, Chuck roast burgers or whatever, you know, and I could do that. But one of the other things, mm-hmm. probably the more common thing to do, and it's pretty much the two things you do with a meat grinder. You make your own hamburger, or you make your own sausage. And as, again, hamburgers, regular part of the dinner menu. Well, breakfast is another big part of the dinner menu, and lots of pasta and pizza night. Every week we have pizza. Incidentally, every Thursday is pizza night. And way back in the day, like years ago, Hormel produced a pre crumble like sausage crumbles so if you were somebody who has like a sauce italian sausage pizza you could buy this bag of pre-cooked italian sausage crumbles for your pizza This is stuff that you know go anywhere whatever you get italian sausage on a pizza this is it it is not the same thing when you go and buy like links of italian sausage that's not the same stuff exactly the recipes for those when they make them for links they make it in a form where it's meant to be eaten and cooked and eaten that way. Not the kind that like you you cook and crumble up for pizza. It's not quite the same thing. And so, yeah, I would get that, but they stopped making it because people would rather just buy pepperoni. And I realized I went into way too much there, but don't I always. So one of the things I wanted to learn was how to make my own sausage, how to make my own breakfast sausage, how to make my own Italian sausage for pasta, for pizza, for whatever. Because these are things that are mildly expensive to buy. A pound of breakfast sausage is anywhere from 3 to $7, depending on what brand and what style. And, and you know, when you're just buying the store brand, are you buying Jimmy Dean or, you know, Farmer John sausage? What what brand are you getting frozen sausage or getting fresh sausage? And, you know, are you just going to go buy, you know, uh, sausage, uh, patties are you buying links what are you buying and so I'm like okay what's what's it take to make sausage and okay most breakfast sausage most italian sausage is made using pork it's you know nine times out of ten is pork like yeah you can't have a beef sausage but less common beef's a little more expensive but most of it is made with pork shoulder and pork shoulder dirt cheap whereas uh. Beef roast might be four or five dollars a pound. Granted, you're getting like a whole chuck roast or a whole sirloin roast or whatever. You're paying four or five, depending on the, you know, how good of a cut is it that it, you know, price-wise. But pork shoulder, cheap meat. It's like bucks 79. Right now, it's a dollar seventy-nine a pound for pork shoulder. And, you know, you go and order yourself a pork shoulder, and it's like eight and a half, nine pound. A chunk of pork, cut the bone out of that, and okay, you're still looking at like eight to eight and a half, nine pounds of meat, and you chunk that up, and guess what? That's sausage right there. That's sausage fixins'. So that's what I did. I basically spent the last week googling, 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 and youtubing, youtubing, youtubing to find recipes for breakfast sausage. And for Italian sausage, something neutral, I didn't want like a really spicy because I'm not a big fan of the really hot Italian sausage or the sweet Italian sausage. I wanted a mild Italian sausage akin to what you'd put on a pizza. So I'm looking for that recipe. And I was like, okay, well, breakfast sausage. And it's the thing about making sausage. It's a very personal sort of thing. You can make your recipe with the kind of standard flavors that exist for those things. So like Italian sausage. You've got like two or three core herbs and spices that go into it, and the rest is kind of up to you. And the same goes for breakfast sausage and a lot of other things. There's some that are, you know, most smoked sausages and things like that are a lot more, you know, bratwurst, has a flavor profile. Um, a lot of those German Sausages have very unique like very specific flavor profiles and ingredients, but general purpose, American breakfast sausage and Italian sausage, and also, uh, Mexican chorizo and Mexican, I specify Mexican chorizo because Spanish chorizo, whole different thing. That is a hard smoked cured sausage and Mexican chorizo is for, is a basically Mexican breakfast sausage. It's used in a lot of things, but primarily known as basically Mexican breakfast sausage. That is the best damn uh, breakfast burrito you will ever have. Fight me. Good chorizo and eggs needs nothing else. Nevertheless, that's what I wanted to make. I needed those three recipes. I needed an American breakfast sausage, a neutral mild Italian sausage, and a chorizo recipe. And after a week of hunting and searching, I actually found a, a neutral a mild breakfast sausage, and the recipe is actually for Italian sausage seasoning. So it was mix this seasoning, and then add it to pork shoulder, or beef, or chicken, or whatever, to make your sausage, like, to one pound of meat, this much seasoning, one pound of meat, and you know, mix and, and grind as necessary, ta-da, there you go. And I found a Jimmy Dean mild breakfast sausage copycat recipe, and I was like, okay, stick that in the folder and I have a chorizo recipe that I have yet to um, execute all the shopping for because I've just got it. I don't even know if the peppers that I need, the different chilies and stuff that I need for that recipe are even available right now. But that's something I need to look into. Yeah, probably there's a couple stores I can look into to get to see if those peppers are around. But I have spent my weekend making sausage, which it's You ever heard the the phrase no one wants to hear how the sausage gets made or nobody like no one wants to see how the sausage gets made? Yeah, sausage is fucking gross. (laughs) Nobody wants to see how the sausage gets made. Nobody wants to know because the process of making sausage is fucking gross looking. It really is. If you've never seen somebody, uh, especially when it's like a, a filled like a case, like making sausage links in casings. Because nine times out of ten, if somebody's making their own sausage, they're using natural casing. And if you didn't know, natural sausage casing is made from pig intestines. And it's intestiny looking. And so it, the, the whole process of, of making stuffed sausages is kind of gross looking. The meat inside the casings, it, it looks gross. And just the process. I'm not making filled sausages. But Sausage meat, in general, is kind of gross. It's really, like, soft and squishy. And so, I'm learning this. But in the meantime, my wife is sitting there watching me make sausage. And she's, like, she understands what I'm doing. And she appreciates what I'm doing. Because she appreciates my cooking. And she appreciates, like, I was given this meat grinder for a reason. To use it. To make hamburger. To make sausage. And that I can go, we... You have breakfast for dinner fairly frequently every week or two. And to have the ability to have, or even just make breakfast burritos, whatever on a normal day, to have the ability to have fresh made sausage in the home. No, no, not to be a fancy pants, but no preservatives or any of that shit. Just spices from my spice cabinet and a pork shoulder that I chunked up and froze. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. And so I spent Sunday chunking up pork shoulder and putting my spice, uh, season, my, spice blah, 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 my spice blends together and mixing these jars up. And, and then I like marked the jars like, okay, it, this is breakfast sausage and I need this and marked on the top of the jar this much per pound of meat. So I could make one pound of sausage or two pounds or whatever Well, I made one pound of breakfast sausage and then because I wasn't paying attention to how much meat I was grinding originally I had about another pound and a half of of rough because like sausage making rewind basically take your pork shoulder super chill it because you want when you're making sausage you want everything to stay as cold as possible for sanitation reasons the process of the grinding generates heat you don't want it to get above 40 degrees Fahrenheit Um, so I think it's like three degrees Celsius, somewhere around there. You want it to stay cold. It has to stay cold. And so you, and also for the sake of grinding, it's easier to grind cold, like half frozen meat than it is warm, soft meat. So you want it cold while you're grinding it. So you like have your meat like half frozen. So I chunked it all up into about like inch size squares ish something big enough to fit through the chute and the meat grinder and froze it stuck it in a bowl, stuck it in the freezer, had it like freezing for like an hour or two. And then I've learned, do you basically want to do like a double grind? So you have like your coarsest uh, size dies and you grind it up really big and chunky and coarse. And then you season that. And I've learned that it is better to give it time like mix all the seasonings up into everything, get it all mixed up and seasoned and mixed and mixed and mixed. And then like I left. So I, I did that. I let it, the breakfast sausage, I let sit for like maybe 30 minutes. I basically mixed it all up, stuck it back in the freezer for like an hour and then ran it through my fine, uh, grind wheel And did a, and, and just, and I ended up, I, and it comes out looking, you know, you got all the little holes in the meat grinder and everything looking kind of hamburgery I guess. But one of the other things you need to do is actually take all that and you mix it and you're supposed to mix it up because sausage has sort of, you like throw a little bit of, of water or, um, if they're, you know, other flavorful liquid you might use for your sausage making. But, um, You basically mix it up to get all of those protein bonds and things with the fat and the meat proteins and everything to kind of loosen up until, because sausage is much more pasty than like a hamburger is. And so you actually want to work it. And I've seen people where they just sit there and work it with their hands and mix it and mix it until it reaches that sort of sausage pasty consistency. Or in my case, where it's somebody using like a KitchenAid mixer with a meat grinder attachment. Throwing it all, grinding it all into the bowl, throwing your paddle attachment on there and blending and just letting it work until it's reached that sausage consistency, which is the route I went. So I did that, ground it down, mixed it up, got it that sausage consistency, and then ran it through again to get that sausage into a nice sausage consistency. And I ground it into a Ziploc bag. So I'm just straight in there so that I didn't have to worry about oh where is it you know I'm not stuffing sausage casing. again I'm just you know loose it's breakfast sausage you kind of unless I was going to make uh, links out of it or something like that but I, I'm not doing that I'm just you know getting a bag of sausage to make I mean could I make hamburger or not hamburger sausage patties yes could I have, like roll it into links or something most of the time I'm just you know taking a bunch of sausage and throwing it in a pan to make sausage gravy or throwing it in a pan with some scrambled eggs for uh, breakfast burritos. So I don't need it in links. I don't necessarily need it in patties. I did make a couple breakfast patties out of it just to test it out because that's what you do. You take some, you cook it up, you try it out. And again, I waited Jimmy Dean mild sausage copycat and damn it if it did not taste right. It tasted like Jimmy Dean... With the exception of, I had some rather large chunks of red pepper flake that were in it. That if you happened to have one of those red pepper flake pieces in your bite, you felt it. But that's always the case with red pepper flake. But man, if it didn't, it came out right. And the coolest thing it was like, and it's one of those things you learn when you're researching it. Is the amount of fat that exists in factory made sausage. Like, you want a lot of fat in your sausage. It's necessary for the process. Just the connective tissues and the proteins and all the things. You want fat in your sausage. But apparently, you know, when you buy a pork shoulder, you're looking at like 20 to 30% fat, depending on, you know, the cut of that particular piece. When you get it from the store, your sausage might be 40 to 50% fat. It's just, you know, fat's cheaper than the meat. and so that's when you cook sausage at home that pre-made sausage and it gives off all this grease, which in my case, when I'm making gravy, I need that fat. I need that grease in the pan because that's a big part of what you use to make the gravy. That's a whole other thing. But um, I'm, I cooked this up and it was so lean. I was like, the flavor was great. The consistency was good. The, the, like, it was a little bigger grind. The grain of it was a little chunkier than I was used to, but it's still good. A little more bite to it because of that. But it was really good. And then, like I said, but it was so lean, it didn't hardly give up any grease to the pan. It was kind of crazy. I was so used to, you know, cook one sausage and it's so much oil. This didn't hardly give up anything. It was just really good and really fresh tasting. It was so surprising. I'd never had fresh ground sausage before. and. So, yeah, and I did that. And like I said, I still had another, I because when I was grinding the meat, the, the rough cut initially, I ground up what turned out to be two and a half pounds. I was just like sticking frozen chunks of pork into the grinder for the rough chop. And I was like, oh, shit, how much is this? And I ended up with two and a half pounds. So I, you know, sectioned off that first pound for the breakfast sausage that left me with a pound and a half for Italian sausage, which I'd already made the the spice blend for. So then I took all of that and I was like, I didn't want to, because I'd have to clean the grinder and everything to, you know, I didn't want to have breakfasty tasting Italian sausage. It probably wouldn't have made a big difference. A lot of the seasonings are the same, but I was like, I'm done grinding sausage for today. So I took that whole other pound and a half of rough chopped pork. I added the appropriate amount of Italian seasoning, mixed all that up, mixed and mixed and mixed it. Got it really good and incorporated, sealed that in a Ziploc bag and froze it and stuck it. Well, it was already half frozen, but stuck that away and let it sit overnight for all those flavors to really soak into the meat and marinate really good. So that the next day I cracked the meat grinder out again and grind all of that soaked in Italian flavor sausage blend and cook that up. Or grind all that up and do the whole mixing it down and grinding it. So when I'm what I'm learning is my process, I grind the meat three times. I've seen it where it's like, yeah, you just have to grind it twice. I'm grinding it three times. That's just me. Like rough, rough chop once and then twice. Like season it, grind it, seasoned, then uh Mix it and grind it one more time after it's mixed, just to thoroughly, thoroughly chop everything together and mix it together really well. Probably overkill, probably entirely unnecessary, but that's what I'm doing right now. I've made this first time I've ever made sausage. But anyway, I mixed up that Italian sausage. I like, I could tell just like smelling the jar of seasonings, like this smells like Italian sausage. And I've, I, you know, again, grind it all into a big Ziploc bag. And I'm like, man this smells like Italian sausage. Like the whole time. I'm, I'm completely doubting that like I've got these recipes. I have no clue that how good these recipes are. How is this going to taste? I have no idea. I'm taking these recipes on blind faith, but I knew my Jimmy Dean recipe came out pretty good. And, so, and the Italian spices smelled Italian sausage. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm try it. And damn it. If that shit did not come out exactly how it needed to taste. there's some little things here and there. I'm like, yeah, probably needs a little more salt here and maybe adjust the red pepper flake here and there and maybe, you know, uh, tweak some of these spices a little bit to our personal taste. But I took a handful of that sausage because I had a pound and a half of it. I took a handful of that Italian sausage, threw it in the pan, you know, chopped it up, and made some Italian sausage crumbles, like I was talking about before, because for the first time in many years, I now have the ability to have sausage pizza on pizza night, which is what the boys always want. My boys are sausage pizza boys, not pepperoni. I'm a pepperoni lover through and through. My boys would rather have sausage. We haven't had sausage pizza in years because Hormel stopped making the crumbles. And so now, I've got fresh Italian sausage in my freezer, and I've got fresh cooked uh, Italian sausage crumbles that I just ground myself the other day. And damn it, if that shit doesn't taste perfect, I, I I did not even know. It's it's one of the things with me doing all these things, with growing all these vegetables, with you know growing popcorn and learning to grind my own cornmeal and growing wheat and learning threshing wheat and all of this whole process, learning the whole process of growing and and processing wheat and processing corn and grinding my own cornmeal and grinding and making my own sausage and in the future making my own hamburgers, which everything, when you're looking it up, man, everybody's taking briskets and making a hamburger out of brisket. I don't know what the per pound rate is on a brisket right now, but i'll i'll look into what's going to be the best options for us for hey the most bang for our buck to grind our own hamburger but you know i'm i'm learning all these processes but in all of this learning all of these things and how to make and do for myself i'm really l- I'm learning to appreciate the freshness you know it's i've I, I mentioned this like when I started making my own Alfredo sauce, one time I bought another jar of, uh, we always would buy the classico Alfredo sauce, which is where I learned to make Alfredo sauce from. Cause on the jar it says, Oh, our sauce is just made with butter cream, Parmesan, salt and pepper. Like that's all you need. Shit. I can, I was able to deconstruct the process just based on the ingredients. Like, okay, well this is the end result. This is what Alfredo is. If we're dealing with cream, butter, cheese, salt and pepper, this is the order it would have to be cooked in just by merit of the ingredients, which for those of us playing the home game are three different types of milk, salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. But uh, so I, I deconstructed the process just based on, oh, that's all that Alfredo sauce is. Shit, I can do that. And at this point, we can't eat store-bought alfredo anymore i tried i bought a jar of our of the classico that i based my recipe on i we can't eat it it doesn't taste right same with our pumpkin pie we can't eat store-bought pumpkin pie anymore we have been spoiled by our own uh fresh made pumpkin pie i can't make i have to make alfredo i have to make and now i'm like Well, shit, it's this easy. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of work. I've got five pounds of pork shoulder in my freezer right now that I could turn to sausage right now. I've got two jars of spice blend on my counter right now that all I'd have to do is run that meat through my uh, grinder. I've got breakfast sausage. I've got Italian sausage. I've got hamburgers. I've got, you know, I could take a chuck roast and grind my own hamburger. I could go, I make fresh pizza dough because at this point, what the fuck else? I make fresh pizza dough every single week. Now I'm making my own sauce. I'm seriously, I'm like this fucking close to just buying the shit and making my own cheese. Now I've seen the process of making a fresh, like fresh mozzarella is a bitch and a half. I don't think I have the patience for it. One of these days I'll probably do it just on principle, but, <laughs> but yeah that's that's really the thing isn't it like i'm i'm l- i'm making all these things from scratch just' cause, and I'm really learning and really appreciating how much better all of these things are when you make them yourself and when you get it fresh i I still don't like i don't care I don't like tomatoes I don't care if they're i've grew them myself, but my carrots my lettuce, my corn. My celery, all our cucumbers, making my own pickles. You know, making cornbread from corn that I harvested. Corn that I, I have a bunch of it on my shelf right now. I need to grind up, like all of these things. I, I, like, I still, I still have all that wheat that I grew last summer. That I really want to do something with. I think I'm going to grind that up, take that, mix that with some cornmeal that I've got right here and make myself some cornbread just to fucking see what it tastes like. hundred percent cornbread grown from our garden. But all this stuff, like so much appreciation and how much cooler and how much better everything tastes when I've grown it. You know, I've put in the work. I grew this. I grew these vegetables. You know, my wife loved when we made green bean casserole with our green beans. Ooh, you know, all this, all this stuff, that you know we do and we do for fun do i need to do this no do i need to grow all this shit no why do we do it it's something to do it is something to do in our space being productive like i don't need to grow corn we don't really eat that much corn on a cob but it's cool to grow it holy shit look at what i did you know i'm old i have to have a garden it's just what i got to do i'm an old i'm an old guy i'm getting older you know i'm approaching those middle aged years i'm 38 now i got to you know i got to tend my garden <laughs> and tending my garden and making my own sausage and hamburgers and you know making my own pizza dough and all these things they they help along with talking to you every weekish they help keep my you know this is my this is my peace this is the stuff that that gives me peace in my, in my middle age. I have no interest in getting, you know, a uh, sports car and, and, you know, trading in, you know, the, the new young wife or whatever, you know, middle aged guys do. Eh, not my thing. Um, but playing Zelda, making pizza, grinding, you know, making sausage and, and growing carrots and corn and cucumbers and growing potatoes. Holy shit, my potatoes, man. I forgot about the potatoes. I was thinking about the corn and the cucumbers and the carrots, and completely, I completely forgot. Man, fresh potatoes are, are the shit, man. If you ever grow your own potatoes, god damn. Ah, but we never would have known. Never would have known if I hadn't done it. Man, fresh food is awesome. <laughs> it's dumb. It was like, yeah, no shit. Do it. Grow your own shit. Try it. You can grow potatoes in a fucking Home Depot bucket. Um you will not regret it. You know, you can you can grow corn and carrots and potatoes, the most popular vegetables you could want to grow, you can grow in a bucket. I am not lying. And you'll appreciate it. You want to make a sauce make sausage if you're if you're you know you you have the tolerance for knowing how the sausage is made and again kind of gross, um, extruding sausages seriously gross looking. Maybe later. I'm, I'm no lie. I started looking at smokers. I was like, man, I could start making hot dogs and I could start making smoked sausages and summer sausage and I could make this and this and this and this and this. And this. <laughs> Just because I'm like, man. I'm getting the sausage thing down. If I get the right recipes, man, I could make smoked sausage and and all this, and I could make this, and a man barbecue this and get a smoker and smoke a brisket or do this a bit. And like my brain just exploded everywhere. But yeah, not yet. I'm not. I'm not going to say I won't get a smoker later. I'm. I'm not even going to say I won't do it because you know what? I've if I really get into the, making the sausages and stuff, making my own smoked sausages and cured stuff is just right there. Make my own pepperoni, shit. I'm already making, my sa- making Italian sausage, why not go to the whole process and make my own pepperoni for my pizzas? Mm-hmm. That's the next step. That's 100% the next step. But, I've rambled on. It's just been a food day. I, this whole, I, I completely changed what I was going to talk about to the point where now I've got to go back and redo the entire episode of artwork because it's just been food. Yeah. Ain't that about a bitch? So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here though because I've talked about gardening and and sausaging this whole time. And that's not what I again, I had a whole other show planned. Maybe I'll talk about that later. Because that was fun. I've got news, I've got other stories to talk about, but that is not what I'm talking about today because well I've just spent all this time talking about food. So before I make you eat your phone remember you can find me at odd data and we're at odd data out on Facebook Twitter, Instagram email me show at oddatapodcast. or leave me a voicemail or text 516-636-7631. that's five one six pod one Do all the things odd data it's all there. I don't need to keep telling you but you know stuff. And until next week, oddballs, I'm sorry if I made you hungry, (laughs) but you're welcome and good night.